Welcome to episode 22 of the Pastor and the Witch podcast recorded in Muncie, Indiana. I'm a co-host, Chris, joined by my wife. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Jordy. Jordy, yeah, my name's really not Chris. It's Grant. God damn it. (laughs) All right, babe. Well, we were just talking about something pretty cool before we get into the deepness Okay, yeah, we were talking about... Vinyl. Vinyl. We were talking about physical media. And Austin Glidden, this sweet friend of mine who has a podcast called... Friend of ours who has a podcast called Medium Cool, where they get really fucking deep about movies in general. Austin is... uh, I mean, that guy knows more about movies than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. I think I could probably get into... Um, an episode with him talking about movies. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's seen so many that I have not seen. Oh, but yeah. if we could find a movie that we both equally loved, yeah. it would be pretty fun to talk about it. Yeah, like that guy, the way I can like talk about like underground records, he can talk about like underground movies and he talked about like samurai movies from Japan in the 60s and oh, shit man. in the 50s. <clears throat> like, all sorts of crazy stuff, but Jordan and I were talking about the first time I ever met Austin years ago. There was like this thing going on, and I think it was the digital. What was it? Like, there was this like basically Blu-ray had come out, and then there was this other format called, I think it was Sony Digital DVD or some shit, and it was like a step up from just a normal DVD. And I and I told him that my opinion was that Blu-rays were going to be obsolete um because of just dvds in general physical formats were you know streaming hadn't really it would just started download like torrents were huge at the time and um streaming had just started like broadband was just coming out that could like keep up with streaming and jordan and i were talking about just physical media in general for movies or music or anything and you know, my consensus is, as a whole, the only media that will that will last is vinyl. Yeah. And I said, I've always loved vinyl, but I never started collecting it or really got into it until you and I met. And growing up, I always, you know, loved music, and but I just didn't grow up to where I was able to have access to it. Yeah. And, you know... My mom was into music, I'm sure, like when she was growing up and younger, but it wasn't like she had all this music laying around where I could just discover different genres or whatever. But I mentioned how I noticed vinyl made a comeback. Like it seems like it's super popular now. Yeah, definitely. Now, I I mean, we have a shit ton of vinyl. I mean, yes, and we're going to start. What was it you said tomorrow? We're going to start alphabetizing it yeah yeah we have like a thousand records most of them were bought brand new and i i'm not like a huge like there's only a few bands that i go after like original pressings nirvana being one of them but really you know i got some doors and some sabbath and motorhead original pressings but most of our records were bought you know they're like the reissue Mm -hmm. and that's really because of working in a record store, I could get them at cost and working for store credit and stuff. So 
it was easy to just accumulate records, you know. I think like most people are shocked when they come into our house and they see how many fucking records we have. <laughs> well, I was actually going to mention this when we start alphabetizing them. Alpha, you know, alphabetize yours. But yeah. I want to, like, when we find all mine, which mine are still kind of in the same little cubby hole, but they've yeah. all scattered, too. So I want to get all mine together, and I want to have my own little cubby. Yeah. Because I'm proud of the very small collection I have compared to yours. Yeah. We can still alphabetize it, but I just want my own little section. Okay. That way, when I want to listen to my record, I can just go to my own section and look through about 20 instead of a thousand yeah (laughs) i mean we have two what are those called like two i don't know i bought them at ikea oh yeah like the shelves yeah they look like they're nice they just really fucking nice i think there's what 12 kind of like shelves in each yeah I know they have no, them at Walmart. Six, Sixteen or four by four. I'm pretty sure. I don't even know, but they're nice yeah. and sturdy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize how heavy vinyl is. You know, like mm-hmm. when you start accumulating. Well, when we moved the first time, I was like, I mean, oh it was my god, sixteen boxes. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. Moving with vinyl sucks. Everything is awesome about vinyl except that. Well, and I didn't realize how sensitive. Like, oh, yeah. like it ha- they have to lay a certain way. Mm-hmm. Can't be out in sunlight. Can't yeah. leave them in the car. Yeah. You know, if you're packing them, they have to be flat, but can't set anything on top of them. Which I kind yeah. of figured you wouldn't want to set anything on top of them. But just how fragile they yeah. are. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I listen to vinyl if I'm, like, cleaning the house. Because, you know, I get, like shit on your hands like cleaner and stuff and bleach or whatever and it will totally I know when I was painting Mm -hmm. which I super want to get back into but when I was painting I would listen to vinyl because I had this remember I would paint to whatever record I would pick out and I was just showing how music can affect your mood or just your vision or whatever your whatever I don't know but um the only thing that I was frustrated with is you have to get up. <laughs> you know, you're like all into it and you're yeah. like painting and well, that's, you know, I was painting and then all of a sudden the music stops and you're like, what, what's going on? And you're like, fuck, yeah. I got to get up and flip it or yeah. change it. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing, but it's still, it's still cool. No, you know, like I, I love vinyl and I love buying records. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do is when you're in, like, a, a city. I mean, I have, like, cities that I've been to a lot that I know certain record stores, but I just love going into new record stores. Well, remember when you went into the Vibe in Shelbyville? Yeah. I was actually surprised that you found so many. Because yeah. you were excited. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they have this. And I was just surprised that they had something that you had been looking for there was a seven inch by the distillers that i was looking for and i was never able to find it and they had it there uh it came out on record store day and i think they only pressed like 350 copies of that i love seven inches too i mean most people call seven inches 45s because they were 45 rpm back in the day um but seven inches like a it's a punk rock thing for sure a lot of hardcore bands they just released seven inches 
back in the day. And, you know, I have like a list of records that I want in my head that, you know, that are expensive. Like my number one is a Nirvana 7-inch that goes for, right now it's going for like $4,500. Damn. Yeah. Is that the cheese one? Yeah, it's a Big Cheese Blue Big cheese blue. It's like yeah. I always want to say cheese blue cheese. Big cheese song. They're both on Bleach, but they were they were on Sub Pop, and Sub Pop used to have this. Like a lot of underground labels will have a singles club, and they would release a seven inch every month. So one side is the song Big Cheese, and one side is the song Blue, like B L E W. Oh okay. And they were hand numbered. They pressed. They don't know for sure, but it's like a little over 1,200 copies. Why is it so expensive? Uh, it was the very first ever release by Nirvana. It was before Bleach came out, their first album. And, you know, it was just hard to get. It came out in 1988. And, uh, I mean, they're just extremely rare. They weren't hand-numbered by the band. It was somebody at the label that did it, Sub Pop, but... You know, it's just really fucking hard to get. I've never seen one in person, um, but Discogs you can you can find a couple, uh, you know, for sale. Like the one I saw was in Germany, and I was in a record store called Planet Retro in Saint Petersburg, Florida, and the guy in there was like a fucking a really really cool, like really new as shit. And um, he had, like, some original Misfits 7 Inches that are really sought after. And he had had a couple of the Nevermind or the Nirvana Big Cheese Blue 7 Inches throughout the years. But even the, the bootlegs that aren't real, they're mm-hmm. just, like, a, you know, like, underground pressing, mm-hmm. they'll still go for, like, 400 bucks. Damn. Yeah. And I would buy one of those, too, you know. But a lot of people don't like 7 Inches because... You literally, you have to flip it. It's one song, you know. Yeah, I know. I got a 7-inch AFI. That's a 10-inch. Oh. Yeah. Well, excuse me. But there's still one song on each, or maybe two songs. I don't even know. Yeah. I I don't even think I've listened to it I mean, like, so a lot of people that don't listen to vinyl, you know, like the traditional record is a 12-inch. And then, you know, it's just the diameter. But, um... You know, like, so an LP would be a 12-inch, which, you know, stands for a long play. An EP is extended play, and that's usually stuff left over from a record. Not, it doesn't have to be, but usually stuff that wasn't put on a record. And the 7-inch is usually, like, the singles. Yeah. But, you know, like, a lot of those hardcore bands, um, that's just what they released because it was cheaper. Uh, you know, you did not have as much production cost. So, like, a lot of people don't realize, too, like, when you tour and you're carrying vinyl around, like, vinyl doesn't move as much as, like, you think it would. And you're, I mean, it's heavy as fuck, you know? And then, like, it's a pain in the ass because, you know, you're going in different climates and you're you're loading in when it's raining or it's hot or things like that. And, I mean, I'm sh- I know that, like, big bands, like, they move vinyl pretty well um but even like it doesn't move as much as you think really streaming is like the biggest yeah moving thing right now and I I think it will continue to be like that yeah I sometimes I think about like what's the next big thing and I don't know 
I really don't know what. <laughs> yeah, like what can what I, can be different? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there has to be something, but like streaming, you know, you think about it, like on our phones, you have literally all of the music in the world, like from recorded history, really, like you can just pull it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, part. you know how Spotify does that every year, like your oh, yeah. top artists, top yeah. songs, whatever. Well, I was a late bloomer and I didn't join Spotify until this year, sadly. But it was like the first time that I had mine. And I remember Ivor, well, you know, Ivor, she's in, yeah. she's in really big in Europe. Um, but I can't remember the name of the song, but one of her songs um, was one of, like in my top 10. And it said something like, you listen to it before this song reached oh, yeah. um, like a certain number of streams. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because it was a newer song, I guess. And but but yeah, with streaming, it's pretty. I don't know what could be better than well, that. Yeah, I mean, like I think in the sense of like accessibility, nothing is better. But then in the sense of like physical media or platform, it's definitely vinyl. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny though because everybody like people that don't listen to vinyl when they see it like especially people that come over they're always like really intrigued by it yeah you know? that's kind of how I always was like growing up like it's not that I would see it all the time but if I happened to see it I would just look at it and be like what this is neat and we have a pretty and good it, system you know I yeah. think we do I mean it gets loud as fuck and it has like really good you know yeah. Mids and lows and highs. Yeah. All right, babe. Let's get into. So, to, on this episode, we're going to talk about. Uh, going to talk about two things. One, we're going to talk about our marriage, being married to. You know, different beliefs and and how that, how that works and how that kind of comes about and then we're also going to talk about delusional thinking yeah so i i guess we can start off by talking about like our i mean i think all of our listeners know what our differences and beliefs are i think the title of the podcast is pretty you know self-explanatory and transparent about that but i want to talk about though like how we kind of just conduct conduct our day-to-day lives with such drastically different beliefs well, one thing we don't, I don't know really how to put this into words, but we don't live by what our beliefs, I mean, I don't mean that, like we're not, we have our beliefs, but it's not like we're so consumed by it that we really, you know what I mean? Like we don't yeah. well, talk think- about it constantly or, yeah. you know. And I think that's kind of where we stand, where it's similar. Like, I know we do have some differences, but we're both pretty confident in, like, what we believe in. Yeah. And and even though we do disagree on some things, we don't let that control our life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense. No. But, you know, you have some of these, like... This has nothing to do with us, really, but you have people who are super religious, and it's like, 
if you know someone who's super, super religious and you're around them, you know that every moment you're going to be around them that you're going to hear something about their religion. That's not how we are. Yeah, no. It's almost like they're they're almost waiting for you to stop talking so they can interject something about their beliefs. Yeah, or you feel like you're walking on eggshells because you're either, maybe you're not, but you're just, you know that something's going to, you're going to say something about your own life that's going to trigger them and be like, oh, well, you shouldn't do that, or oh, no, it's actually this way, or yada, yada. You know, there used to be this person. I I used to work at a record store in Ball State called Village Green Records, and still will work there from time to time. And uh, But I used to work there a lot. And Travis, the owner, you know, we have very different beliefs, and but we've always... I'm just like anything, you know, like respected each other's beliefs and stuff. And I consider Travis a very, very close friend. And I know he feels the same about me. But people, when they come in and buy records, like when you work in a record store, I would, I've never like been a bartender, but I imagine like it's very close. Like bartenders, they hear a lot of people's stories, you know. Well, it's just like I was a hairstylist for 12 years. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, probably exactly like that. Yep. And so, like, but there would be certain people that would come in, and there's one person that comes to mind. And I know Travis and I would always kind of be like, man, we like this person, but it's just hard because they always have to interject mm-hmm. their, and they these people were a Christian, and they would always have to interject, like, their point because it was like they would feel bad, and they would feel like they weren't, for lack of a better word, like, weren't doing their their duty you know what I mean and and it was always like so fucking annoying and I think like you know like my my brother he was like the first person I ever knew that married somebody that had a different belief than him and I I think I don't know what my brother is now his wife is Jewish right? yeah his wife is Jewish and and my brother I mean he's probably agnostic I'd say Maybe atheist. I don't know. How does that work? Well, I mean, I, I'm not really for sure. I mean, I lived with them for a brief time in South Florida, and you know, and when I lived with them, it was Hanukkah, and the neighborhood they lived in in Boca was a heavily populated by other Jewish like families and couples. And I remember they had a Hanukkah party, and they raised their their two boys. They have two boys, and they're college age now but they raised them as Jews and and I was living with them when they had this Hanukkah party so I got to meet some other Jews and it was very I mean just like it wasn't I mean they weren't like Hasidic they weren't orthodox but it was very uh like typical laid back like people were just hanging out drinking but they did recite like a few prayers but, you know, I didn't really know much about. But, like, if you walked in there and you didn't know anybody and you were just talking and hanging out, you wouldn't know it was, like, a Hanukkah party. I mean, besides, right. like, the menorah, right. you know. But it, but I really don't know how that works because a lot of Jews um, are, it's you know, like, a lot of Jews are atheists. And they're the title Jew, and this is what, like, I learned from a lot of them, um, is, is more of, it's not like how somebody will say they're Muslim, but how, like, 
Muslim or Islam is more associated just like Jews in the sense of like a nationality. Right. You know, not necessarily a belief. You know, so like Orthodox, of course, like, you know. But the same way, like a lot of American Christianity, I think if you would go up to a lot of people in America and you'd say, are you a Christian? A lot of people would say yes, but it's just like they don't really subscribe to that. It's just like they grew up around it, you know? So it's like... Well, and that's the main world religion in this country. Yeah, Christianity, so... But you don't really find a lot of people that read the Bible or it's more of just like, yeah, it's like my parents were Christian, you know, because that used to be the culture. Like, mm-hmm. you'd go to church. I mean, it's that 50s model, you know, that... Well, this is like... This is... I don't want to get into this just yet. This is a whole other episode, but I did mention this the other day on Facebook. With me taking... It's not like it's a fact that I didn't already know, but with me taking Hinduism... And I took a dance history class, which was super fascinating. But taking these classes made me realize how Western culture really fucked up a lot of ancient, beautiful traditions. Mm -hmm. And they changed them or manipulated them or banned them because either it it didn't fit their agenda or of what was considered appropriate. Or they completely manipulated them into something that it wasn't originally. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I mean, but anyway. That's kind of like tribalism. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that, like, in Eastern cultures amongst other Eastern cultures. Yeah. You know, there's that, the fighting. Like, if you look at Pakistan or the history of Pakistan <clears> or <throat> India, where there's, you know, bloodshed because of a clash between... Islam and Hindus, you know, and it's, but, and then you look at like Hawaii where the Calvinist Christian missionaries made it um, illegal to surf. No to shit. surf? Yeah, to surf. Wow. So surfing was illegal um, for many years because of that. And, and it's just like so weird. I mean, it's kind of like that idea, like, you know, playing cards and dancing is sinful or bad or something you know like we we laugh at that but the reality is like a lot of people had to like live through that shit and that must have sucked you know i mean poor people yeah there's all sorts of stuff i could get into with that because of those classes but let's get back to us well so i i agree with you though like we we don't you know i always kind of like even when i was a pastor like my my views are, I always had a problem when people talked their views, and that was it. And it was all about, you know, basically giving their opinion. That was evangelism to them. And to me, um, you know, I definitely had the, the example of my parents where my parents were Christians, um, but they didn't, I mean, they talked about it some, but not like you would think, but it was more of their actions. And that's, that was like me, mm-hmm. where I wanted, I want, I'd rather live something and not say it, because like, when you say it, it's, it's almost really cheap, you know what I mean? Like, so if you're always like, waiting for somebody to stop talking, or to say something, so you can interject like a Bible verse, or 
well, do you know it's 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 like you're holding somebody below you and that that was my biggest issue where it's like a lot of that mentality is that well I know the truth and you don't so I need to teach you and in some instances I can understand that approach but I never liked that because it was always kind of righting the wrong right approach well I know growing up which we had completely different upbringings um you know, for a few years, my mom went through that phase where she was going, we were going to church, and my grandma was Catholic, so I would go to church with her sometimes, And but it wasn't like I grew up in this super religious family. You know, my mom was a single mom, it was just me and her. Um, she, was, she worked all the time. Um, so, it's not like I grew up in this strict home where I had to believe certain things, but... I do remember those set of years where we went from church to church trying, I think my mom was trying to find a place where she felt where, you know, where she was supposed to be or whatever. And, and I would go to church with my aunt sometimes too, Aunt Katrina, my cousin Leah. And, um, and I always like, I remember we did the three-day f- or the 30-hour famine. Oh, yeah. And I remember I went there and did that. I was like eight or nine. And their church, I always felt super, like, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but I felt uncomfortable there because any type of church setting, honestly, growing up was weird to me. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not like something specific happened to me, but I just always felt it was weird because I just felt like someone was telling me what I was supposed to do or what I was supposed to believe. And in my mind, even at a young age, I was like, well, how does this person know? Like, yeah. or why is there this just one, th- one way? Why can't there be 10 ways, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so, you know, and then I had just like any kid, I was bullied. And I remember there is, you know, a couple people or a couple kids, they were a little older than me at at my aunt's church that I would go to because I would go to the vacation Bible school. And I hated it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hated it. I hated it. And I would go every summer. It lasted for a couple years, but my mom worked and, you know, I would be with my aunt and they would like, babysit me or whatever so I would go and I absolutely dreaded it but even at church these girls would like I remember I was in the bathroom one time and this is totally not anything to do with church or religion but it just happened there and I remember it and I was super young and I was in the bathroom and I was washing my hands okay and I used I guess, too much paper towel. And this girl, I, I remember her, but I don't remember her name. And she was like my cousin's age, probably a couple years older than me. And I remember she came into the bathroom and she freaking like told me, why do you use that much paper towel? Like you don't need to use that much paper towel to dry your hands. Like you're just wasting trees. It was something like that. And I was like nine. Yeah. And I'm like, it hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah. 
And but you know, like even when you're at church, they're still fucking dicks. You know? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like in my mind I'm like why I'm supposed to be in a place where people are nice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest misconception too, you know. I mean look at our country, you know, mm-hmm. like in the sense of you know, a lot of people will always throw out we're a we're a Christian nation and and we're really not. We never were. Um, but, you know, if you look at what we do as a country, I mean, we won't get political. Or, but just our foreign policy, our drug policy, our our penal policy, I mean, not Christian. Very, yeah. very clear to see. Well, and another thing, like, it just made me think of it, so I'm going to talk about it. At that same church, same, it was vacation Bible, or, um, Bible school or whatever, because that usually lasted a week. And we were, like, in this group, okay, and, and of course, it was, like, all ages, but it was probably ages from, like, 8 to 13 or something like that. And this kid, I don't, I didn't know who he was, but he sneezed, okay? Oh, yeah. And he had, <laughs> he sneezed, and he, of course had snot and stuff just all over his face and all the kids started laughing at him and like making like Ugh. which I mean I get that's like a normal kid reaction but he was yeah. a little older and he was also um overweight so I don't know like when you're in a church and you're still like either having it happen to you or you're seeing it happen to someone else being made fun of or whatever. You're just like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, you know, like, with you and me, it it was, uh, since we started doing this podcast, we've had people email us, pastors email us, and for the, the same thing I got fired for, they've given us Bible verses saying, it's it's the reason why it's okay that you and I are married mm-hmm. from the Christian perspective, mm-hmm. and it, you know that's it's funny to me because a lot of it is based on this root of perception and reputation, mm-hmm. and you know that was the one thing where it's like, well, how can you marry somebody that doesn't believe? Because you know it, you know I remember the pastor who fired me. He said that, I can't re- remember exactly what he said, but something like, you know, will this person help your ministry? And, you know, my, they used to talk about ministry in the church a lot. And ministry to me was always like, it's, it's my life in the sense of I, I live my life. It's not what I say, you know. I mean, like, yeah, what you say, how you talk, it is going to kind of mirror your heart. But in the sense of how you live your life and how you treat those around you is a clear picture. So, for example, like if I was just, you know, a shitty dad or a shitty son or just a bad person, but then I could say all these things like, well, Jesus loves you and I love Jesus and all this shit, like, then that would be okay. So, and my mind was, it's always like, it's how I live my life is what is important, not 
me just showing up and giving an opinion because then it is kind of like you you punch this Christian time card. And I always hated that, you know, and I always struggled with that. Yeah. Well, and that, I don't know, when that happened, because I remember you telling me him saying that, how will I affect your ministry? And in my mind, I'm like, this is the problem, you know? Like, you're defining me because I'm not a Christian. And he always labeled me as a non-believer. And no, that's not the case. It's not that I'm a non-believer. I'm just not a Christian. I believe in God, but my definition of God is different. Yeah. Because, and I know that, I think the biggest difference between your belief and mine is, is you believe that it's basically when we die, we have to believe Jesus as our Savior, right? Well, I mean... To be saved or and, whatever. Um, no. I mean, I don't <laughs> believe that. I, well, what is it? Because yes. we've talked about it before. I mean, so I would I would consider my... You know, I don't consider myself a Christian, but I consider... Uh, I believe that what Jesus did on the cross saves mankind. Mm-hmm. So, but how that plays out, I don't know. Well, because I remember in previous episodes, we've talked about it before. Um, it was something about, like, what happens when we die. Like, you're, yeah. it's not that you really came out and said you were concerned for me, but it was more if someone isn't necessarily a Christian, which I know your definition of being a Christian is different because you don't really say you're a Christian, but you are. But, like, your concern is you know, what happens to me when I die because I don't necessarily have the same beliefs. But see, I don't think I'm, I mean, like, the definition or the term Christian, it's changed. Oh, definitely. You know? So, And that's why I don't, you know, I, I think a lot of people think they're something and they're really not. They've just bought into this, uh, just the, the model of the institution of God. Mm-hmm. Not... Jesus or not whatever and so you know I I do believe that there's a hell I do believe that there's a heaven um you know I I think like everybody everybody wants to go to heaven of course um but what that really looks like I I don't know but I, I do believe that we're not all given free will and I think some of us don't have that um Obviously, if you're questioning if you have free will or not, then you probably have it. So I think there are some people that, you know, that have mental issues, that have handicaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have free will. So, you know, and, and like, I would get that question a lot. So, like, do these people or, like, Native Americans, do they go to hell? Indians and I'm like no I don't believe they do because I believe that what Jesus did on the cross uh, saved them it, it bridged that gap from mankind um, so I think that the evangelical perspective is that you have to you know believe that Jesus is the only way and, and I do believe that Jesus is the only way that's, I think that's where 
that's what I was thinking of. Like, you believe Jesus is the only way. And me, like, it's not that I don't believe in Jesus. I believe that he could have very well existed and that he was a real man. And, and like, I think there have been many people or humans that could have, you know, a prophet or whatever, um, that have been here to teach certain things. Yeah. Like, to live a certain way. Um, but I don't believe that Jesus is the only way, but I do believe that there is a way you should live your life. Mm-hmm. And if, as long as you do that, which, what was that? We, uh, as long as you do that, then you'll be fine, basically. But we talked about it the other day. Um, or we've talked about it several times, but what was that, um, love thy neighbor? Oh, yeah, like when somebody asked, like, Jesus, what, like, one of the, uh, disciples asked Jesus, one of the apostles asked him, like, what were the most important, like, ten commandments? Yeah. And, uh, and one, he just only named two, and he basically said that the two covered all ten, and it was this, you know, love God Mm -hmm. and love your neighbor. Right, and like in my mind, love God. God can have many different definitions, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's energy or the universe or Jesus, which I know God and Jesus aren't the same, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Love God, love creation, love nature, whatever, and love thy neighbor. Yeah. So in my mind, I feel like if you follow those principles then you're going to go to heaven. And my idea of heaven and hell, like it's not that I don't believe in heaven and hell, but I do find the near, like if like people who have had death, like near death experiences where they actually die and they see light or they actually see Jesus or, but then there's some people who have had near death experiences who just see nothing, you know? So it's just one of those things that is, you know, it's just a mystery. No one knows. Yeah. But like, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but I just, I feel like basically as long as you treat people, you know, the way you would want to be treated. But at the same time, I feel like it's okay to not take shit. (laughs) You know, like, I I don't think it's possible to love everyone. You know, like, like the man who molested my daughter. I'm not going to love him. And I don't think I should have to. And I don't think Christianity doesn't teach that. Right. And I agree with that. But I'm just saying, like, Sometimes you hear that, like, love everybody. Yeah. Just be love like, and show one, love. You know? Yeah. And it's like, no, no we're not. I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Because we're not. Now, obviously, the man who did that is sick and yeah. and mentally not right. But at the same time, he's just an overall bad person. Yeah. Because he did that. But also the things he did to me you know, and has done to other women and just done to people in general. I'm not going to ever love him, and I don't ever, I don't think I should. No, definitely. And, you know, so it's just things like that. 
I think, though, like, a lot of people have, like, the idea that when two people are married or together that have different beliefs, like, there's always this, uh, like, tension and all this, you know, kind of, like, tension that's present. And, uh, I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> we, we don't have that. I mean, Not at all. You know. I mean, we, I mean, we really don't at all. But honestly, there's... I mean, I really don't know. There's really not much to say with that. But there's been moments where we've been teasing each other. Yeah. Like, I'll joke around and, and, I don't know, even say something about Satan. But, yeah. like, I'm worshiping Satan. But the reason why I say that is because that's the way the church that you were at perceived yeah. me. Yeah. You know, because I'm not a Christian. So we really just joke with each other. Yeah. But it's even, it's not even often, you know. Honestly, I think people who have different political beliefs struggle more than people who have different religious beliefs. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you and I have the same political beliefs, so we don't even well, struggle there. But What would you have done, though? Let's just, like, be hypothetical for a second. Oh, man. What would you have done, though, like, say if, you know, when everything happened like it did when we first met and everything... But then I was, like, this total, like, right-wing, not necessarily Christian, but just right-wing in the sense of, like, you know, didn't really believe in any of the things that I, I do believe in from, like, a policy standpoint. You know? I mean, I don't know. That's really hard to answer. Yeah. But, I mean, it's really hard to answer that because I can't perceive you as that, yeah. you know, but... I know there's a lot of people out there who are like that, who have different political beliefs. But I've always seen it more, though, where it's usually like the guy will have different beliefs than the wife. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I have some friends. I mean, they're, I wouldn't say close friends, but their daughter is close with mine. And I actually didn't know this, but she... Be, is on the same page as me as far as political views and he's not. And I actually didn't know that she just posted something not too long ago about how two people can still love each other and have yeah. different political beliefs, which they've been married for a long time. Um, um, it's Audrea and, yeah. Yeah. um, but you know, I don't know, like, well, I think I, it, it can happen as long as people are kind of like how we are in the sense of our differences where we re we respect each other, but it's also we don't look down on each other right. at the same time. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot different for us, too, because you are a Christian, but you're not like this hardcore religious dude, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're very open-minded um, you have your beliefs, but you still have an open mind, and it's not just one direction for you. Yeah. So I think that makes it easier. But I don't know. To answer your question, I'd just be like, we're just not going to talk about it. <laughs> you keep your political views to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because our, you know, our, uh, our everyday life is like very, I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, it's really, really normal in the sense of, I think, a lot of people, I, I know a lot of marriages are just really unhealthy in general. 
Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, actually, because we went out to eat last night at um, um, Twin Archer. And I was, me, you, and your mom and dad were sitting there just talking, having a good good time. And I do this a lot when we go out, because I know that you and I have something special and rare. And I know there are people who have it, but not very many people do. And there is this couple sitting next to us, and have no clue who they were, but I was just watching them and they were probably a little younger than us, but not much. And I was just watching them and you can really tell, I think when you're in a happy, healthy, stable relationship, like genuine, genuinely happy and in love, you can tell when other people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying they didn't love each other, but I'm just saying I was just watching them and I just kind of felt sorry for them because they did not look happy. And I felt more sorry for the girl because that's usually how it goes. I mean, men too, but I'm just saying maybe it's because I'm a woman, so I relate more to women. But I just, she just was like, of course I didn't hear what she was saying, but she was like talking and her husband just looked like he wasn't even listening and then... She would, like, look down and then look up and then look down. And I just kind of felt what she was feeling. And I was like, man, you know, like, they're super unhappy. It's hard seeing people like that in in public. Yeah, that couple did look very, very unhappy. And it is sad when you see that shit. Yeah, and it happens a lot, honestly. Because I do look at couples a lot when we're out. But, like, you know, our life, I think it's uh, very, if you could have, like, hidden cameras in in our house or something, you know, or, like, cameras following us around or some shit to, like, give an insight into, like, what our daily lives are like. I mean, it's very, uh, of course it's very healthy, but, like, you know, I mean, I, we don't really do anything that's, like, weird. I mean, it's normal. Yeah. I mean, we have four kids. Three of them are young, and, you yeah. know, our four-year-old is crazy and wild, and it's just a normal life. It's not really much different. I think the only difference is, compared to a lot of other couples, is just, Um, we are very playful and well, you're very playful. I'm playful too, but I don't know. I have, I do have like, I think because of my experience with men and just things that happen growing up causes me to be closed off sometimes, which that's like a whole nother conversation, but I don't know, like, our life is just super healthy, and the our connection is just something that's rare, I think. Yeah. But I don't know, when people look at us from the outside, I think they might think we're perfect, and which we are, but we're still normal, and deal with normal daily life issues or struggles or stress or whatever but 
I don't know. I know that when we're out, I do pay attention to other couples. Because when we and you are out, we're very talkative and affectionate and connected. And that's something I don't see very often in yeah. others. Yeah. You know, I think, like, when we, you know, obviously, like, all the shit that was going on with the church and just some of those, like, particular assholes there, um, <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny because it was, like, the total opposite of what we were experiencing, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, they made it seem like our relationship was sinful and... It was, and that I was going to bring you down or destroy you in some way, but we were happy. Yeah, I mean, like, here, you know, I mean, I know we're still, you know, we've been married for a year and a half, basically, and been together since, you know, February of 2018, so coming up on three years, and, you know, it's like one of those things where uh, I'm still the same as I was back then in a lot of ways, you know? I mean, it's, some things are different. I had a different job and things like that, but, you know, you're in school and and things like that. But just me personally, I'm very similar to the way I was in a lot of areas of beliefs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, with me, I think I, I'd have to say I'm, I'm the same, but I'm not the same at the same time. As far as... Beliefs go, I think, obviously, I'm the same, but I'm more open about it, and um, which I was open about it before you and I met, but I'm also different. It's not that I'm a different person, but you have really helped me in a lot of ways because you and I have both been through a lot of trauma, but our traumas were different. Um, you know, I experienced a lot of, I don't know. And and this is one thing that I struggle with when I talk about things that I've been through, I almost feel selfish because of what happened, happened to Haley. Um, but just in reality, I experienced a lot of, um, abuse, physical, mental, emotional, basically from the time I was 18. Yeah. And you, our relationship has really helped me grow even more than, I mean, I was already on that path of, of growth and I was improving and learning to love myself and respect myself before you and I met. But when we did meet and just what you've shown me in our relationship, it's something that I had always wanted and craved and looked for, but I always looked for in the wrong areas. So I can't say that I'm, it's not that I'm not the same person, but you know, I'm much more maybe outgoing. I'm still kind of a loner and still quiet and still me in a lot of ways, but I'm very, I'm much more vocal and um, I don't hold back like I used to. Um, I'm not afraid to speak my mind like I used to be. I don't let people walk all over me like I used to. So you've really helped me break those walls, babe. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I don't feel like I'm
like I have, you know, in a sense. I just kind of, I don't know. I mean, you know, life is fucking strange in the sense of how things happen and how things play out and, you know, getting older. You know, I'll be 40 here and I'm like fucking, what, two weeks or some shit. And, <laughs> well, I think know. that, I, I think you're right about that. I think age plays a huge role in how we grow and how we view things. And you, I think everyone changes as they age. I mean, I look at time is much more different now, too, where I know it's limited. And I don't like wasting time in the sense of how you'll see some people where, and, you know, like when youth is involved, you're much more wasteful of time because you don't really have a concept of time in the sense of, you know, as you get, you, you take like your health for granted in the sense of like you don't wake up with aches and pains or you have to go do a fucking spinal fusion surgery or things like that where you have things that you have to deal with on a daily basis. You, t- you take that for granted or like, you know, one of the biggest things I took for granted as a kid was my back being healthy and also sleeping, you know, like where when you're a kid, you can just go to sleep and get up and go or you don't even have yeah. to sleep you know but or you can sleep you know you can party or whatever and yeah. sleep and sleep for two or three hours and get up and you're like hell yeah you're let's fine. get ready for today yeah. but now it's not like that no. not which we don't party but i'm just saying i'm starting to see that i mean you're seven years older than i am yeah. but i'm 32 and i am starting to feel like aches and pains and yeah. and i'm like man i didn't this is like, I got to start doing something. Like I got to, <laughs> it is, it is different. Like you really start to realize, okay, I'm, I'm 30. I'm over 30. I am not 19 anymore. And, you know, and I've never been a drinker, but I know that I can't drink like I used to, which yeah. you can vouch for me for that. <laughs> There's been many nights, well, not many nights, but definitely a handful where, I, you know, yeah, drink yeah. and think I'm what you what was it you would say? I drink like I'm a part of Pantera or yeah, something, and uh, and yeah. and I'm fine. But the car ride home, man, like those bumps on the road, you've had to pull over a few times, and yeah, but yeah, that doesn't happen often. But it's just you definitely change and you feel your body and, and that's you like notice things and time. You know, because you don't want to waste it. You know, like, who wants to be fucking sick all the next day? And, yeah. You know, it's even kind of like sleeping in where you don't want to waste, you know, like, the day. Because, you you know, before you wouldn't think twice about fucking sleep until 4 o'clock in the evening. I now, hate, like, which we don't ever get to sleep in. So I think when we sleep in now, we take advantage of it. But even if we do sleep in, like, I hate, if it's 10 o'clock when we wake yeah. up, I'm like, ugh. Cause you know, because like, you feel like you're, you've wasted four hours because normally yeah. we're up at seven yeah. at the latest. Well, really earlier than that if it's during the school year. But I'm just saying, like, I know I hate sleeping in anyway. But, well, yeah, when you're 18, 19, 20, especially if you don't have kids, you know, you sleep until 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, I think kids put things in perspective for you. I, 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 I mean, I guess if you're a... If you are a uh, 
available, emotionally available parent, kids put things in perspective for you because, you know, you do have to ration your time, you know, it's no longer about you per se. But, you know, like kind of getting back to us having this by faith, you know, marriage where we do have a lot of differences. We also have a lot of similarities and stuff, but, you know, I think we're, we're proof that, I don't know, I mean, it's weird because I don't think anybody would think twice about it. It's similar to how, like, in the 50s and 60s, I mean, people would be arrested for having an interracial marriage. Which is absolutely nuts. Yeah, and then nowadays, like, that mentality, thankfully, I mean, I know it, it's not gone, but a lot of people don't agree with that, but... Which is still as, weird to me. Yeah, but, like, as a whole, like, most people that, you know, especially people that, like, the kind of people we hang out with wouldn't even think about twice about that or same-sex marriage or whatever, transgender, any of that stuff where, you know, it's not even a question. And that was, like, the weird thing for me where that was a question where it was, like, because I remember, like, right before I got fired, I remember being like, you know, do you really think, like, you know me, you know, talking to those people, like, you know me, do you really think I was going to, like, I don't know, just, like, become some, like, conservative pastor that fit into some box? I don't know, I'm, you know, or whatever. Like, do you, do you really think I was going to, to do that, you know? It's just not me. It never was, you know? And that church was different to where before it was, there was a lot of people like me, but what it became, it was like that, you know, you have to fit into this, you know, like what we were talking about last night with my parents, like that box. Mm-hmm. And I was never, that would never have happened. And I, I would never, I mean, that sounds very, very like if I was to imagine being in a marriage, like with some conservative Christian woman. That sounds very unhappy and very limiting to me, like misery, you know? Yeah, and no offense to women out there who might be conservative, but it's just, it's not who you are. No, no, I mean, not at all. I mean, I, you know, I I remember, like, when I was a pastor, you would would get to know people in the church, and a lot of the people, it— a lot of, especially the older married couples, um, there was only two different kinds, and it was totally like me, or totally like that, you know, the, the wife waits for the husband to talk, and then looks at the husband, and kind of like, is it okay for me to talk, type, you know, and it, it was just weird, and I never, I, I was never comfortable, because it's like, man, you're, you're a fucking asshole, dude, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, that's one thing that, um, I never really understood, and I learned a lot about that in my Hinduism class, is suppressed women in religion. Um, I never really had that. That is um, still a very common, some people may not realize how common it is, and I know it's not as severe as it used to be, but suppressed women. Like, women are meant to bear children and be in the kitchen and and they're not meant to gain knowledge and not meant to speak and not meant to have to, uh, not they're not meant to ha- to be able to make their own decisions and that's very strange to me 
like, I don't know. That's just really, I don't understand it. I mean, and you'll find that in almost any organized religion, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. I, but, you know, at the same time, like, it's so typical that it, it does. That kind of goes along with delusional thinking. Yeah. We don't want to talk about delusional thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, delusional thinking is, we're, we want to talk about this. And delusional thinking is something that, um, I mean, I, I think it's it's fairly common. And you definitely have degrees of delusional thinking. But the kind of delusional thinking that we want to talk about was, you know, we were looking at it earlier, and it's, you know, it used to be called this paranoid thinking. So it's like this uh, persecution-based. So it's, it's brought on by stress um, and some biological factors as well. But there's a few different kinds, but the idea that there's this belief in something that isn't happening or doesn't exist. So a lot of the, from a religious context, like you have a, a shit ton of delusional thinking out there. Mm-hmm. But there's that paranoid context where something is happening. Somebody's doing something to you or trying to do something to you. So, you know, I mean, I think one of the, and I've only had, I'm try, I was trying to think, how many friends have I had that, really displayed this and and there's two that I know of and one doesn't live here in town one does and I have to be careful because one of them probably knows probably listens to this podcast and I and I really like this person and I've known him since I was in he's much older than I am but I've known him since uh, I first started learning how to play music and um, he started displaying some stuff where he the government was watching him. Mm-hmm. He had an encounter with a, a person in an establishment here in town that supposedly worked for the government, and he said something that offended them, and ever since then, the government's basically spying on him and listening to his thoughts, and he gets these headaches. And it's really, I mean, it's sad, you know, but that's a prime example of delusional thinking where somebody this per and and it's not like it's not like oh maybe it, like he they really genuinely think this you know it's not like there's a question it's like total black and white like it's happening you know yeah i mean i've never <clears throat> known anyone on that spectrum you know like where they literally think something is happening that's not. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, when I think of delusional thinking, especially with, on the, you know, a religious point of view or whatever, um, honestly, I think religion alone is just, I don't, I don't want to say it the wrong way, delusional thinking because of just how much control and violence is involved or what has or what religion or control and violence that has been caused by religion to me that's delusional thinking or can be a part of delusional thinking because people think 
some people think, a lot of people think that, you know, there's only one way or whatever, and just how divided we are as a nation, especially in this country. And, you know, delusional thinking as in, you know, like, for example, my kid's grandparents on yeah. their father's side. They're very religious, very, you know, they're right-wing, very conservative, very conservative, yeah. conservative Christians, which is fine. Not really. It's annoying. <laughs> but, you know, like, I did a photo shoot a while back, and, well, it was not that long ago, around Halloween, and it was a a witchy photo shoot. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And she, like my daughter's grandma, she on my on her dad's side, obviously likes to stalk my Facebook. And she saw these pictures. Yeah. And she like flipped out and was like, Oh my gosh. And and I know this because of another person letting me know this. And, you know, she basically was flipping out, saying how I was doing, like, a photo shoot with all these other witches and how it was absolutely insane. And, you know, (laughs) but she views me as, like, this witch or whatever who is doing animal sacrifices under a full moon. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. And that's not at all, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Like, that's delusional thinking, too. Like, really? But yet, I look at her Facebook, too, sometimes, and she shares some things on her Facebook that could be very much related to a pagan belief. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you're being such a hypocrite. (laughs) But it's just shit like that, you know? Like, because I have these certain beliefs or views... She automatically assumes that I am this or that I do these things and I'm, I haven't even done or shared or done, you know, done anything that would, would like say that I participate in these types of activities that she says I do, but it's just because I'm a pagan or I'm not a Christian or I identify as a witch or whatever that I participate in these types of activities like sacrifices or whatever which is absolutely hysterical for one but delusional thinking you know like if you don't believe this way or if you don't if you don't follow this path or if you don't believe what I believe then you're wrong and you're bad and you're you're you know you're going to go to hell or in another thing that bothers me with her is she has brought my kids into it, which I understand they're her grandkids, and I totally respect that because, you know, they are her grandkids. But, like, like making me, you know, buying them Bibles, yeah. which, whatever, I've never once told them that they couldn't go to church or they couldn't believe in God or that they couldn't, read the Bible or whatever, you know, 
but like putting me in this perspective of raising my children wrong or raising them in an atmosphere that's unhealthy because of my beliefs yeah is insane yeah you know i have a little bit of experience not with that but you know like with my parents and my brothers two boys you know they're raised Jews as we were talking about and my parents flew down there for their the firstborn his name is uh Craig and they flew down there for his bris so a bris is where um they uh circumcise the 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 boy and uh I think it's you do it it used to be on the eighth day um which is part of the covenant and you know my parents obviously don't believe in Judaism and I, but my dad, you know, he avid, like ferocious reader. So he's always read a lot about Judaism, especially once, you know, he realized that he was going to have Jewish grandsons. And that was something, though, that, you know, they never tried to persuade or, you know, have that like intervention type evangelical intention of well we gotta like fix this we gotta right this wrong you know and it was more of like just living your life and being who you are I mean like you know I think that like if my dad was more like no you need to be a Christian you need to do this and you know rather than who he is it wouldn't speak as much into their lives because like you know and you've probably noticed this within my family, but, you know, my mom and dad are kind of like the, uh, like all the grandkids, you know, they, they go to my mom and dad in the yeah. sense of like when they need help or they have questions or shit's going sideways, they're kind of viewed as, I don't know how you would classify that, but like that rock and like the wisdom of an old couple or an old man or something. It's like that. And, I'm, you know, I was like that with my grandpappy. And it was, you know, that kind of shows you how they view them. Because, like, if you have a fucked up parent or a fucked up grandparent or uncle that's, like, you know, not very stable, you're not going to go to them and ask them for advice or to lean on them in, in hard times. Yeah, well, and that's another thing I'd like to point out is because my kids... Of course, I don't know what goes on fully when they're at their dad's or, you know, at their grandma's as far as on their dad's side. But when I hear all these things about how they view me, specifically their grandma, my daughter, you know, Haley talks to me about a lot of things. She comes to me and tells me things and is very open to me and I've always been open with her, you know, especially about Justin and what happened. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, he was recently released from prison. So I, I told her that and a lot of, I I don't want to say a lot of people, but I know her dad and his side of the family disagree with that. 
of me telling her that he was released. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, for one, she's almost 10 years old. Um, I think it's important to be open and transparent and honest with her about everything that's going on. Um, So the reason why I told her that he was going to be released is because, you know, what happens if we're out somewhere and he happens to just be in the same public place we are? I'd rather her know that he's out so that way if she happens to see him for whatever fucking reason, she's not like freaked the fuck out. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to lie to her because she needs to be comfortable enough to talk about him or however she's feeling. But anyway, my point is like, she really does come to me about a lot of things. I know she doesn't go to her grandma. She doesn't go to her great grandma. She doesn't go to her dad. I know she talks about things to them sometimes, but she does not talk to them like she does to me. Well, I think when a when a kid like sees reactions, whether it's like judgment, anger, or you know, instability, they won't go or they won't talk about certain things naturally because of that. Yeah, well, and honestly, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I really don't give a fuck at this point. But Haley's told me, like, she's afraid to talk about things yeah. to her dad yeah. or to any of them because of yeah. their reaction, yeah. you know? And I was with Chad for five years, six years, so I understand what she's meaning by that. Um, and as far as the other people in that family, like, I kind of understand, but it's just it's just funny because they all have this perception of me being this like satan worship worshipper you know and and the same thing goes for the church like when you were with the church they all viewed me as this negative yeah and bad influence that was going to like steer you not, away not and one of them tried to meet you tried to reach you know not one of them reached out and said you know, I mean, and just did, I mean, what I would say is common sense, but just do what you're supposed to do, just as a human being, not as anything else, but just, like, reach out. Um, well, one thing, too, though, and this goes, like, when I was cutting hair, this is when I still lived in Shelbyville, I was cutting this gentleman's hair, I'd cut his hair for a, f- a few times, and this goes to show, like, you're right, the church didn't reach out to me. But when someone hears, if they're not educated or if they're just going off of what they've been raised to believe or what they've been told, when someone hears the word pagan, they automatically think think Satan or devil or evil or whatever. That's really, like if you work up, if you look up the term pagan, all that says, the definition of pagan is basically you're a follower of the old religious or not even religious, but you're the, a follower of the old ways. Basically, you follow any beliefs that are not a part of the main world yeah. religions. It has nothing to do with Satan. Which is funny, though, because so Christians were considered pagans to the Jews. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, know. and a lot of these beliefs have similar, you know, like a lot of... I'm sorry, but Christian holidays are branched off of pagan holidays. Yeah. It's just 
you know, Christmas and Easter and, you know, they were pagan holidays. They were just manipulated differently to fit what they wanted, but they already existed before Christians or Christianity took over, you know, and, but like, what I was getting at is, you know, people just hear that term and they automatically think a certain thing. They don't actually know what the fuck they're talking about because they don't actually read or they don't research. You know, when you type in Google pagan, nothing about Satan, nothing about the devil comes up because Christianity actually is believes in the devil. Yeah. Most pagans don't believe in the devil. Yeah. You know, and I'm I don't really believe in the devil. I believe in energy. Like that's the biggest thing of me of what I believe is like energy. I believe in negative energy. I believe um I am a huge believer believer in paranormal, you know. I'm not going to say like that the devil doesn't exist, but I do believe in the possibility of negative energies and like demons. You know, all that stuff has always been intriguing to me, but basically the devil is a Christian belief. But, you know, that's that's the funny thing, is the perspective of someone who is pagan or basically not a Christian. And, I don't know, my mind's going all over the place, but when I my Hinduism class, my instructor, I'm taking Buddhism next semester. My instructor is Mr. Brackett. And one thing that I talked about in that class, Hinduism, is one thing I learned about Hinduism is they, they follow the lunar calendar, the, you know, the, the cycles of the moon and the seasons. And any religion that doesn't follow like a natural calendar like that like with the seasons or the natural shifts of the earth or whatever is weird to me and I think ritual practice is important or is more personal no matter what religion you believe I think ritual practice is important and is needed because it's actually more personal for the individual and Christianity doesn't really have that and he actually agreed with me and we're going to talk a lot about that in Buddhism next semester but how um, a lot of western culture or like Judeo-Christian religion doesn't really support or practice ritual practice, and he disagrees with that because ritual practice isn't he feels is also important because it's very involved between the individual and you know whatever God or whatever it is they're worshiping or just whatever practice um, it's not really. In Christian religion, it's not very, it's not supported, I guess. Because in my mind, when you think of ritual practice, that's like very um, involving the five senses. 
of of you know scent um touch smell sight you know mental all that stuff that you're including in your worship that's not found in christianity yeah i would disagree it's totally found in christianity well what do you mean so just ritual in general it's liturgy liturgical practice i mean if you look at catholicism it's all over the place well just in judeo-christian you know like a, a prime example would be communion or the eucharist as catholics would call it okay well i i see your point on that but okay for example didn't and i'm not saying that like i'm just saying as a whole like for example adam Remember how a specific person was weirded out because he burned incense? Yeah. I mean, and then incense is talked about in the Old Testament, too. You know, how the aroma was pleasing to God. Well, that's what I mean. Like, And music is the same way. Like, know? maybe it is, I mean, it is talked about in the Bible, but I'm just saying, like, people... It is like practiced or it is talked about in the Bible or in that religion, but people today don't actually support it or don't think it's right or whatever or think it's weird or that it's, you know what I mean? Like, that's more what I meant. Like, it's just, it exists in that religion, but today people don't actually incorporate that into their practice and to me I feel that's strange but anyway but that's what I meant like because I remember we talked about that you know people burning incense you know it's no different than burning a candle you know or if someone's practice practicing a spell of some kind it's no different than the bible or repeating a prayer or reciting a prayer or a hymn, you know, it's not different. It's just different words. It's just different objects being used. Um, it all has the same purpose though. It's just someone has a different perspective, but when people start to say that, their way is not right, even though it's pretty much the same. It's just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But, yeah. I kind of went on a tangent there. Sorry. (laughs) But I do agree with you. Like, I've not read the Bible fully, really, even at all, to say that I even know what is in the Bible. But... I know there are practices talked about in the Bible that relate a lot to pagan practices, but if you were to talk to like your old pat, you know, the yeah. the pastor that fired you or a lot of pastors in general, they wouldn't agree with that. And that's my less what is weird to me. I'm like, okay, well, you disagree with that, but if you go and look in the Old Testament or whatever, it's going to talk about that, yeah. and it's like there, but yet you're saying it's wrong. 
that's where I get mad. <laughs> what? Nothing. Keep talking. Well, I don't know. <laughs> My point... I already said it, though. I was just saying what I was originally talking about was my kids' grandparents on their dad's side automatically has this perspective of me that is completely false, and but yet their belief is completely different than mine, but at the same time, kind of like you and me, they, they're the same. You know, they're just twisted a little yeah. bit differently. See, I, I don't, I wouldn't call that delusional, though. I, it's more ignorance, like based in ignorance, you know. Yeah. And to fit an agenda. That's which is true. definitely most people in general, you know, to go along with how they perceive right and wrong and what is right and wrong, you know. And that's where you have a lot of your big divides in the basis of most disagreements. Well, I know they, I mean, and I might be wrong for saying this, but I know they have a lot of skeletons in their closet. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things, like... And, and But that's like, I mean, that's like everybody, you know, in the sense of the, the only difference is the people that acknowledge those skeletons are the people that act like they don't exist. And I think that's what turns a lot of people off to any organized religion, like besides like a box, you know, is that where you act like you have your shit together because anybody that has, you know, lived in this world for any brief amount of time, you realize that most people don't have their shit together and the people that act like they do, they're doing that for a reason, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And they're trying to portray something that they're trying to compensate for something. It's like the same. I mean, I, I could say with what you're talking about, they're doing that because there's some people in their family. I mean, you could just look at arrest records, public record, yeah. and find out very quickly that they're, you know, they're trying to cover up. It's like the, you know, it's like the person that always acts like they got their shit together. You don't have to look too hard. To find out, like, eh, no, you know, there's a reason why they're trying to act and compensate and act like they have all this stuff together because they really don't, and they're a fucking mess. You yeah, know? and I, I do see that, and I know that now, but, you know, I mean, we won't get into all of that story now, but that is something I'd like to talk about. We just have to be a little careful. Um You know, like, the way they try to make me out, not so much publicly now, but before, yeah. when all that shit was going on with the church, but also we were dealing with a lot of issues with, uh, you know, honestly, just putting it out there, I was, we were dealing with the custody battle. Yeah. You know, when I first moved here, I was dealing with the custody battle because... I decided to move out of Shelbyville, and they didn't like that, so they tried to take the kids from me. Yeah. 
And when that happened, the only thing they had to use against me was what happened with Justin. And at that time, let's see, it was 2018. So technically it had been a year since he had even been out of the picture. Um, but it dragged on for what, you know, a year and a half, that whole custody battle, um, trying to make me out to be this horrible mother and that I was in this horrible abusive relationship, which was true, but they were using that against me, even though it, it wasn't even occurring at the present time. And yet they have this son who is a drug addict and has all these other issues, um, you know, like my daughter went to counseling for six months. I took her to every single counseling appointment. How many did he go to? I can count on one hand how many times he went to her counseling appointment. But, you know, it's just like, I don't know. And I see what you're saying. Like, they're trying to cover the issues in their family and trying to... um, well, like a lot of that, like public record, you know, so it's like you can see very clearly or like when somebody doesn't work, you know, and continually doesn't work. I understand shit happens sometimes where you're in between jobs or something, but just consistently doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of people, the church seems to attract people, a lot of people that like power and they also like the image of they uh you know have this solid family and they're over their families and their providers and all this stuff and and it's a weird dichotomy because in all reality um you know if if you would look at most families everybody has members of their family who are very fucked up you don't have to in my personal family, you know, you don't have to go outside of my nuclear family to, to find some people that have some very fucked up mental issues, you know. And I know you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But, you know, and in their case, like, they have money. This other case that you're talking about, they use, like, the church, and they use, like, basically their position in society. Which is weird, but it's also one of those things where people, they compensate. It's like the guy that is very quiet. The guy that doesn't make much noise. In my experience, those have always been the guys that, you know, I I would say the word meek. You know, meek is like, uh, it's, you are comfortable in what you believe in. And because you are comfortable in what you believe in, you don't have to be loud about it. Right. And the people that have to be loud about it, it's that they really aren't comfortable in what they believe in. They feel like the only way they can prove it is by being loud. It's like the guy that has money that has to flaunt it. He wants people to know he has money. The guy that has money and doesn't flaunt it drives like a normal car, doesn't live in flashy, you know, like. Like, he doesn't have to prove that he has money. Well, and that's one thing that I've noticed with with those people is 
and I've always found these people to be very strange. And I, as I get older, I kind of understand it better. But like, they're very vocal about God and Jesus and how they put everything into their hands. And, and this specific woman I'm talking about, you know, her grandma, like she's very like, she's all about God and Jesus and that's all she talks about and that's all she shares. And I'm like, you're really fucked up, (laughs) you know, like you're really fucked up and you're really brainwashed and you really have a lot of issues and you're the person I'm more concerned about rather than me brainwashing my kids. You know, I know you love, I know you love my kids. You're their grandma and that's fine. But like, you're the one with the issues. Not me. And, you know, I had that experience with, like, Tisha's mom when I wasn't. I would I would say I was an atheist, and she would always kind of, you know, she's passed away now. And her relationship got better before she died, but she really kind of put that out there, too. Like, she was this high and mighty type fucking bullshit thing. And, and the reality was, it was like, I... I know you, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I know, like, and and it's fine how you are, but when you act like you are this, you know, spiritual elder type person, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of like Trump acting like he's this, you know, hold up a Bible and get a picture with it, and, you mm. know, and, and then the idiots will believe, like, oh, he's fighting for God. Yeah. You know, but then anybody that thinks logically goes, oh, this is a fucking ploy. I mean, yeah. he's doing this because he knows, like, most of the Christian right, they don't think. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with her. Like, in my mind, when I, I'm just like, what's that um, term we've talked about before? A savior's concept? Yeah. A savior complex. A complex, yeah. Like, she always has to be there for everyone. And she has, like, if it wasn't for her, then these people wouldn't have anyone to to ask for help or whatever. She's always there to save everyone. But, yeah, she bitches about it. Yeah. And and, and, and that's compensation because she's trying. There's a void. And people that do that, there's a void in their own life where they're not comfortable or there's some kind of disruption. And you see that a lot in the church where, people will go in and they, I've seen this so much where they'll go in and they'll volunteer so much in Mm -hmm. every aspect they can. And it's almost like their works are what saves them. And, but if you would look a little bit behind the curtain, you see that their, their families are really fucked up. Yeah. They're a mess. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I am not perfect. I have made my fair amount of mistakes, but Another thing is, like, they can't let go of what happened. Like, but that's another thing. Like, that's the only thing they can really use against me is Justin. But at the same time, that's been, man, almost four years ago now. Yeah, but those... Five years ago. Those those kind of people, though, like, when you're a mom like you are and you're a great mom and you're a stable mom... You know, that's, they're going to use that against you because it's the only thing they have. What could they say? Like, you don't work. Yeah. You don't provide. You're they not can't do. They can't say anything because... I mean, when I met you, you, you were a single mom, and you were living in an apartment complex. You had three kids, and you were working two jobs, 
you know, you had no money, you were paying for everything, and this other individual didn't work, didn't do anything, you know, and always getting arrested, things like that. And, you know, it's like, here you are as the bad parent. So, and then, you know, I remember like when we were sitting in court and that lawyer was drilling you and they brought me up. And of course, at the time I'm a pastor. So <laughs> it's like, and, you know, in a, I mean, like, I don't think, you know, besides like a doctor, there's really not, it's like the only time that being a pastor could really go Look in your good. favor. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember they were like, well, Grant tours in a rock band, you know? And it was just like, what is this, like 1984, like Satanic Panic? It was like, shit. yeah, like they were using everything that they possibly could. Yeah, like, yeah. But it was, I mean, I can say this now because it's over and done with, but it was like laughing. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was comical. It was very comical. It was hard at the time, but, you know, for. Like how he, you know, he got evicted from his home, but yet <laughs> I had proof of that. Yeah. My lawyer had proof of that, but yet he said it was because his grandpa was ill. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was proved that he actually was evicted, so he lied in court. But yeah, like you being a pastor and you being uh, um, in a band and and in a rock band and how it was unhealthy and it was unstable and how like I had only known you for six months before we moved in together and it was just it was crazy yeah yeah and it's comical though because I mean that was like the church's like a lot of the things they were throwing it was just so comical because it was so like elementary where it's like this is all you have? I remember saying that, you know, to them. Like, this is all you got? Like, are you serious? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Which is like, when you look back on it especially, it's even more comical because you just go, man, you know, like, you I really, like, you can pull my curtain. You can pull, we can pull back my curtain, and you'll probably get really bored. Yeah. You know? Like, there's nothing there. Like, look on my uh, computer history. You'd be like, man, this guy watches too many fucking, like, guitar pedal demos you yeah know, be like well like you know you and i moved in together after six months yeah but i remember in court they talked about him and his girlfriend at the time they like moved in together after a month yeah you know and it's like really you're gonna yeah. use that against me when you guys moved in together in a shorter period of yeah. time. And, and like, we... Her, and we did every... Yeah, and she didn't she even have... custody of her kids, yeah. And I know this person, and I, you know, she's come a long way, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, at that time... They were trying like, to take she, your kids. They now, were trying to take know? my kids, yes. So, I'm like, this woman doesn't even have custody. And... And at the same time, like, I did everything the right way. When you and yeah. I met, after everything that had happened... With Justin and my previous, you know, my previous relationship, I had been single for a year. And when you and I met, I told the kids about it, but they didn't even meet you until after a month. Yeah. Like, and, and I, I did everything right. I told him and, 
his girlfriend about it, and I was like, let's meet in the right way. So we ordered pizza, and we went to his house, and that's how you all met. And, you know, it was like yeah. the right way. Yeah. And then they all threw it. When I decided to move out of, out of town, they all just threw it in my face and totally turned against me and tried to make me out to be this bad mom. And every single thing they could find, they used against me. Like, I remember they even said, like, it was this one, like, I didn't have the, I didn't um, pick up Silas yeah. from, that was absolutely insane. But you were at work. I was at work, yeah, and it was the, uh, the grandma, and I know it was all her, because all these stories that came forward, yes, it was their, it was him, but it was also her. Like, I was at work at Great Clips, and I, it was on a Wednesday, and Wednesday was an early release day, and we were busy, and I lost track of time, and I wasn't going to be able to leave, so I called her the grandma and was like hey can you please go pick up Silas because it's an early release day and I'm not going to be able to make it and then she used that against me saying that I was an unstable mom and that I it's like and your grandson doesn't work (laughs) at all yes and he gets arrested all the time I mean like and is a drug addict which I understand, you know, you're a counselor, addicts, you know, it's a whole nother thing. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, like, I'm working, and I'm at work and can't leave, and I call you because you're his grandma, and I have no one else to call. Please go pick him up because I'm not going to be there. And then she uses that against me, saying that I'm, like, an unstable mom and all this. It was very hurtful at the time. Just very hurtful, all these things that were thrown at me, and they were accusing me of all these things. And it's just like, it's comical now, it really is. But, and honestly, everything backfired in their face. They spent $10,000 on a lawyer that absolutely was pointless. And I'm like, yeah, you deserved it, fuck you. But, you know, but anyways, yeah. When it comes to the church, I think. I don't know, like, just the way they perceive things and the way the way they think that God or Jesus is the answer or going to handle things. And well, I think that a lot of they, what it is is they pick a hill to die upon and then they'll fight that to the death. And that's why they hold on to a lot of traditionalism. So anything that threatens that or goes outside of that is automatically deemed wrong. And um, and this is where the church, and this is why a lot of people don't go to church or subscribe to any of that belief is because uh, it's no longer personable. And, you know, the what draws people together, and this, and this is in all factions of life, when you are drawn together, what holds you together is what you're anti or what you're against. There's really no community in that. So, like, in the sense of if you have a group that, you know, you're just anti-Christian, you hate everything Christian, that really doesn't promote growth. And it could be anti-whatever. And But real community is where you are going to support somebody or you're going to be with somebody no matter what. Whether And it's, I mean, I would, I would relay it to a lot like marriage. Like, if you look at just the simple vows that most people take, you know, 
and you hear that phrase like in health and in sickness and really what that means is like good times bad times like you're taking this vow that you're gonna be there and you're going to support and you're gonna help and that was the hardest thing for me where it was like you know you people knew what I've been through to as much as you could anyway I mean I know it's really hard to know exactly what somebody goes through but just in the sense of like you can see that I'm happy and you can see that I'm you know living my life in a sense and that was the big thing for me where it was just like you're using that against me well and that's another hard thing like when I look at that situation and I think of course I didn't know you then when you were going, when Tisha was alive and you were dealing with her illness and then when she passed away and how they treated you after she passed away. And, but like, if I would have been a Christian or if I would have been, if I would have fit their agenda basically of what I should have been like or believed or whatever, like, that's where I struggle. Like, because, like, because of what you had been through and Tisha dying and you took care of her, you know, you did everything. And also being a, a father and yeah. having to handle your daughter's grief and your own grief and them not being there to support you and asking you, hey, what can we do? Or, hey, you know, are you okay? It was more like, why aren't you bringing your daughter to church? Or, you know, why aren't you coming to church? Or, you should be over this by now. That was more of what they were yeah, giving definitely. you. And when you and I met, it wasn't like, I'm glad you're happy. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy for you in general. It was more like, she's not a Christian. And that is really, that is just, that's where like, I struggle. And I know it's not the religion itself. Yeah, it's more the it's people. people. For sure. And just like with any religion, it's the people. Yeah. I you know, agree. like Christianity today as what most people view it isn't what it originally was meant to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's kind of, you know, where you and I are different beliefs. You know, you believe, we believe in a lot of similar things. But to me, when it comes to a religion, um, I truly believe that a lot of it is comes from the same roots. But when you look at roots of a tree or whatever, there's several, you know, it's, you start at the root and then you start to go up and then there's a path here and then there's a path there and then there's another path and then they start to all branch off into different paths. That's religion. Because it starts at the root, at the very base, it's this one thing. And it's the same. And then as you start to go up and grow and evolve, it starts to branch off into the, all these different beliefs and systems. And this person doesn't like it 
so they change it and then you know that's how religion is but i think at the end of the day it's the same god it's the same you know i don't want to not perspective obviously but like it all started it's all really the same i guess but it's just different perspectives, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. So, I think we should end for the night. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys for listening. It was a pretty deep episode tonight. Um, we will be with you again in a week or so. Thanks for listening.